Greetings, everyone. Today, I'm going to discuss my career experience and the health issue that we decided to talk about, malnutrition. This podcast is brought to you by Tariq Michael. In order to learn a bit more about malnutrition and how it is affecting America as well as Brazil, first, I directed my attention to the World Health Organization to learn what exactly is malnutrition. I learned that malnutrition refers to the deficiencies, the excesses, or imbalances in a person's intake of energy and or nutrients. This includes undernutrition, for example, being underweight, inadequate vitamins or minerals, being overweight, and being obese. From my research, I also found that every country in the world is affected by one or more forms of malnutrition. At least 1.9 billion adults are overweight or obese, while more than 600 while more than 462 million are underweight globally. And this data information has been found for most recent information. That article also said that around 45% of deaths among children under five years of age are linked to undernutrition. Although at the same time, in many countries, rates of childhood overweight and obesity are still rising. Malnutrition does not just affect individuals physically, but it also increases healthcare costs, reduces productivity, and slows economic growth, which can perpetuate a cycle of poverty and ill health. I also watched a video on meeting the global challenge of malnutrition. There, I felt the empowerment to embark on change. The video asserts that the start of change begins with malnourished murders, mothers, for if we help the mothers at the beginning of pregnancy, the children will grow up and not have to succumb to the adverse reactions of malnutrition. And that statement relates to the article that I also looked at um, from the World Health Organization, which stated women, infants, and children, and even adolescents are at a particular risk of malnutrition, and it is the best to optimize nutrition early in life, including the 1,000 days from conception to a child's second birthday, for it ensures the best possible start in life with long-term benefits. So in overall, the goal is to break the cycle from starting at the beginning. Then from my classmates in Brazil, I learned that around 30% of indigenous children are affected by chronic malnutrition. Interestingly, in some places of Brazil, malnutrition is present not due to limited food, but due to individuals eating the wrong kinds of food. And from what I've been told from my classmates in Brazil, obesity goes unnoticed, as in their culture, a chubby baby is considered cute. And it signifies health and most likely other positive social norms, which I thought was very interesting, as that too occurs in America. As one of my instructors have informed us that in the culture, in her culture, being chubby is a good thing. This is something that is definitely very dependent on culture. Also similar to the U.S., the government in Brazil are working towards decreasing the number of citizens who are malnourished. My classmates in Brazil states that the United Nations International Children's Emerging Fund carried out over 16,000 nutritional consultations in shelters for refugees and migrants of Venezuela to Romania. What I thought was very neat about that is that at the shelters, it allowed kids to be kids as they were able to play games and do fun activities at the same time that they were receiving care when they were receiving meals based on their nutritional recovery plan. In Brazil, they also enforced a strategy called NutriSus. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. But that is a method that is used for strengthening the infant feeding with powdered micronutrients, which sounds like a great intervention. I also wanted to add that they are working towards the goal set by, set by the United Nations to establish a zero hunger by 2030. 
Currently, Brazil are still making many advances to reach this goal. In relation to the United States, they are still working towards achieving that goal as well, for the U.S. are employing many programs to address malnutrition in America, such as the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or in other words, SNAP, and the Child Nutrition Program to improve the well-being of vulnerable Americans. Furthermore, I did not catch any major differences in analysis observed across the two countries from our class session. There's a lot of similarities. Of course, there are known differences in policies and maybe the number of malnourished individuals in our countries. But from everything that was discussed, it can be applied to the U.S. as well. For instance, one of my peers in Brazil told us about a story of how our family did not have enough money to buy the proper oil or gas to use for food, and there was an accident resulting in a sense of harm to the family. That story is no different to the stories in America, where families living on the edge trying to make do to what they have. It is similar to the families having to struggle in America due to the lack of resources. I myself have experienced poverty, and within that, my family and I had to do some unsafe acts in order to honestly survive. And this really shows that this is a public health issue. Besides learning an extensive amount of information about malnutrition from my classmates in Brazil, I also learned how to quote-unquote word track. My classmates in Brazil did not know a lot of English, and that was, if not the biggest, but the primary challenge in completing this class session. I find myself having to be very patient and to hang on to every word being spoken by my peers. In some instances, I had to use critical thinking to make out the words being stated or try to identify the words being stated before it was actually said, if that makes sense. I do thank them for trying to accommodate for us, especially during their presentation, as it was all in English. As I wrap up this podcast, I do want to tell you guys what lessons I want to take away from this experience. No matter where you are in the world, there's always people experiencing the same things that you are experiencing. It could be great things, such as getting through nursing school, or it can be bad things, such as the millions of people facing malnutrition around the world. And it truly takes, it truly takes everyone to make a difference. I also want to tell you guys that in order to solve any health issue, you have to start at the source. Throughout my time with my classmates in Brazil and during my own research, a lot of the focus was on children and helping families. For when you help the little ones and new families at the start, malnutrition will not be as much of an issue when they grow up. This surrounds addressing the social determinants of health, having greater access to resources and food for families will help the population in the long run. Lastly, from this experience, I have gained a greater understanding of having efficient therapeutic communication skills and using translators as resources. To fully practice cultural responsive nursing care, it is best to create an environment where my patients feel comfortable. It is best to to create an environment where they know they are being heard and where they can fully understand the situation at hand. There were times where I did not catch everything being said by my peers in our class session, and I am sure the same can be said for my classmates in Brazil. So that is how my perception of culturally responsive nursing care has evolved. I learned the value in making sure my future patients are heard. Thank you for listening to my podcast.